0: church our lord said why are you persecuting me so christ is still on the cross behold i stand at the door now if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and eat with him Hola, buenos dias, que tal? Welcome back to Behold the Man. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's great to be back with you again this week as we talk about Our Lady today. I was very inspired today at Mass to to listen to the readings of the Assumption of Our Lady, as well as to the homily of our of our priest, he did such a great job explaining this dogma of the church, where it came from and and where do we find its scriptural roots, where do we find its roots in tradition, And uh, and so I thought, well, that'd be a great opportunity to talk about Our Lady, talk about typology and how she fulfills all of these Old Testament types of Our Lady found in the Old Testament. And so we'll get into that. The intro song was Your Grace Is Enough off the live Steubenville album from Bob Rice and you can find a link to his stuff at my site at catholichack.com. You know, I always fail to mention this. I just get so focused on the material that I just forget to bring this up. But if you're interested in in responding to the show, leaving some feedback for the show, uh, participating with a comment or a question, give us a call at 713-568-6277, that's 713-568-6277, or send me an email at catholichack at gmail.com. All right, but before we begin with our topic, let's always begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All praise and glory and honor be to you, Almighty God. And once again, we come before you to stand in your presence, to, to worship you, to praise you, to seek your word, and to be enlightened by your Holy Spirit, May you come down upon us and grant us this grace to, to, to learn at your feet. We pray especially for the unification of all the faithful into the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We pray for all vocations, to the married life, the ordained priesthood, and to the professed religious. We pray for increased holiness and faith in God, and especially we pray for an increase in love of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to fall madly and deeply in love with you, Lord. We ask that you give us this special grace today. We pray all this and ask our Lady's intercession, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So here's the question. We, we've often heard the, the critiques of the church in, the, in regard to Our Lady's Assumption. I mean, if you haven't, I can tell you that I have. I mean, where is it found in Scripture that it says that Mary was assumed into heaven? I mean, where do those words exist in Scripture? Okay? And doesn't that mean that Mary was then as holy as Jesus was? I mean, I mean, to be able to ascend to heaven like, like he did, doesn't that mean that, therefore, she's as holy as Jesus? I mean, where does it say that? Okay? If Mary was just so holy then then how come she died in the first place? I mean, wouldn't she have been preserved from death? I mean, wasn't that the whole uh, catch-22 of Eve's sin? That she wasn't going to die until she sinned, and then after that, that brought about the pain and uh, of labor and of death? Well, we're going to get into all of that. Okay, here's the apology. If that's the argument, here's the apology. And by apology, I don't mean we're so sorry no, the apology we mean to refer to the Greek word, apologia, which means to make a reasoned defense for. And so, in the making of the defense of this doctrine of the Church, I would like to turn to you to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 966, and it pretty pretty much explains what the Church, in fact, believes about the Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven. Paragraph 966, quote, Finally, the Immaculate Virgin preserved, free from all stain of original sin, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up, body and soul, into heavenly glory, and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things, so that she might be the more fully conformed to her Son, the Lord of Lords, and conqueror of sin and death. The assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a singular participation in her Son's resurrection and an anticipation of the resurrection of other Christians. And they quote the document that Pope Pius XII uh, wrote in establishing the dogma of Mary's assumption into heaven. Again, that's paragraph 966 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You know, at the end of her life, she was assumed into heaven by God. Though That's what I want you to, to focus on in that paragraph. Not by her own doing was she assumed. It was by God's doing. She didn't ascend into heaven like Jesus, who ascended by his own power on the Shekinah glory cloud. No, Our Lady was brought there, body and soul, into heaven after participating, or rather enjoying the resurrection of her Savior and our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. But she was free from the stain of original sin. Now, let's set the stage just a bit for Our Lady, by looking at some of these Old Testament typologies, these Old Testament um, prototypes of what would come to fulfillment in the New, for instance, Mary is the New Eve. Okay, like Eve, uh, as we read in Genesis two and chapter three, Mary too was born or created without sin. You see, Eve was created from the side of Adam, taken and formed. She was made without sin. She was made immaculate. And so, she is made immaculate. So, Our Lady is also conceived immaculate without the stain of original sin. Unlike Eve's disobedience, though, which brought about death into the world and pain and labor, Mary's obedience and trust in God, her Savior, mind you, she was declared Theotokos. God-bearer, mother of God. The church believes and proclaims in Mary what it believes and proclaims in our Lord. It declares Mary Theotokos to protect, not Mary, but to protect what we believe in our Lord, to state clearly and fundamentally to all the world throughout every generation that our Lord Jesus Christ is God incarnate. He took upon flesh and tabernacled amongst us, John 1.14. So Mary is declared Theotokos, or the mother of God. So Eve, who was who is to be the mother of every generation to come, she in fact brought death through her disobedience. And Mary, she brings life through her obedience. She becomes truly the mother of the living. Like Eve who was confronted by an angel under the guise of a creature named Nahash, or what we refer to in most English translations as the serpent, the great Nahash, this great dragon, as the book of Revelation describes. Eve was also confronted by an angel, only this was angel Gabriel. Okay, Eve was given a choice. She chose to be beguiled and disobedient. Mary was given a choice, and she chooses to let it be done to her according to the will and the word of God. She accepts being kekare tomene, that Greek word found in Luke's gospel, which is such a unique word because it refers to the fact that Mary was born without sin, that she was always full of grace, she is now full of grace, and she will always be full of grace. Kekare tomene. It's translated as the full of grace or highly favored one. Mary accepts this role. And we we did a show on this a few episodes back. You can find all of that at CatholicHack.com. Just look for the Behold the Man category, and you'll, you'll be able to find it. Now, she, bear, she bears Christ into the world. And Justin the Martyr, who in 155 AD, and I'm pulling out my old library uh, here on William Juergen's uh, Volume 1 of his Early Church Fathers, The Faith of the Early Fathers, Volume 1, on In paragraph 141 of this first volume, he quotes from the Dialogue with Trifo of Justin the Martyr. He wrote this in 155 AD. It says, And that he became man by the Virgin, so that the course which was taken by disobedience in the beginning through the agency of the serpent might also be the very course by which it would be put down. For Eve, a virgin and undefiled, conceived the word of the serpent, and bore disobedience and death. But the Virgin Mary received faith and joy when the angel Gabriel announced to her the glad tidings that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon her, and the power of the Most High would overshadow her, for which reason the Holy One, being born of her, is the Son of God. And she replied, Be it done unto me according to thy word. That's 155 AD. Quite clearly, Mary is depicted there already as the new Eve, the fulfillment of Eve. Untying the knot of disobedience, Mary gives a resounding yes to God, the handmaid of the Lord. And I think that's just very powerful stuff, showing that from the very earliest days in the church, Mary was revered as the new Eve, the Theotokos, the mother of God. Now, Mary is also the Ark of the New Covenant, like the Ark fashioned in the wilderness by Moses with pure gold and filled with manna, the rod of Aaron, and the tablets of the law. Very critical. Manna was, was, was that heavenly bread given to feed the people in the wilderness, and uh, the rod of Aaron. Now, Aaron was the first high priest. It was from his line, him and his sons, that we get the Levitical priesthood. And of course, the tablets of law, which God wrote with his finger on stone, was placed there in the, ta- in the, in the ark. Now, as we know, reading from the account in the book of Exodus, that we know that uh, that was not the original law, because Moses broke that at Mount Sinai after the people rebelled and worshipped the golden calf. Instead, a second set was chiseled out, and uh, I think most scholars believe it was written by Moses himself, giving us the law that God originally gave. And so this is placed in the Ark of the Covenant, this box of acacia wood that is adorned in pure gold, fashioned with two fashioned cherubim on top, which becomes the mercy seat, the very presence of God who sits upon that as a throne, the invisible God, becomes holy, very, very holy. Now, Mary becomes the Ark of the New Covenant, fashioned as the pure vessel to house much more than that of what was housed in the first Ark. We see in Mary's womb, the true high priest. I mean, the book of Hebrews makes that extremely explicit. Revelation 1 depicts Jesus as wearing the vestments of the high priest, standing in the temple next to the menorah, the true law. Okay? It was the word of God that spoke that law. But now, in the new, Jesus writes that law upon our hearts instead of stone. And so we pray, remove this heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount is the fulfillment of that. Okay, And of course, Jesus is the true bread come down from heaven. That true manna, as Jesus makes explicit in John chapter 6, talking about Moses and the, and the children in Israel who ate that manna and died. He says, he, he who eats this bread and drinks this blood himself, that, that person will not die. For on the last day, he will raise them up. So Jesus is the true manna, he is the true high priest, and he is the incarnation of the law itself, and he is within the ark of the new covenant, our lady. Now, if we were to compare 2nd Samuel 6, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15 to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56, the comparison is really very cool. I think you're going to enjoy this. If you've not looked at this already, Please go and read those two passages Second Samuel six one through fifteen and Luke chapter one verses thirty nine through fifty six. For instance, in Second Samuel six, David arose in haste to take the ark up to the city of David, but ended up in a town in the hill country of Judea, like our lady, who arose in haste and went to her cousin Elizabeth in a town also in the hill country of Judea. David in 2 Samuel 6 proclaimed, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? Elizabeth proclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? David danced before the ark and leaped before that ark, in joy as it was being brought up. Elizabeth, okay, in her womb was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, it is said in Luke chapter 1, leaped for joy at the very sound of Mary's voice greeting his mother Elizabeth. The ark remained in the house of Obed-Edom with David for three months. Mary remained with her cousin Elizabeth for three months. You see, the parallels are uncanny. Why is St. Luke drawing our attention to 2 Samuel 6? Why is he giving us this parallel so that we might come to the conclusion that Mary truly is the Ark of the New Covenant, that she perfects what the Old Testament pointed to? It was a foreshadowing, an illusion to the day when the Virgin who would bear Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14, whose very uh, whose very seed would have enmity between the serpent and her, right? Okay, that's Revelation chapter 11. We're going to get there. That's what's powerful about typology. It, it makes scripture dance before you. It, come, it comes alive with with flavor and with excitement. Now, Mary is also spotless and holy. For instance, and I love these kinds of comparisons. For instance, if the ground, the very dirt that surrounded the burning bush that Moses approached when he was herding the sheep, okay, if that was so holy that God commanded through the angel, okay, commanded Moses to remove your sandals for the ground you walk on, for the ground you are standing on is holy. That's in Exodus chapter 3 verse 5. If that ground, if that dirt is holy because God's presence was there, then let me ask you. How much more holy the womb of Our Lady, who bears Christ in the flesh, who becomes Theotokos. How much more holy than that dirt? How about the Ark? Okay, the Ark was considered so holy that nobody dared touch it. But yet in 2 Samuel 6, we see Uzzah who reached out to stabilize the ark because it went through a little bumpy road. It was sitting on a cart, and it went through a bumpy spot and started to falter. So Uzzah reached out his hand to stabilize the, the ark and touched the ark, and God smote him, because that's how holy the ark was. How much more holy our lady, Theotokos, tomene, who brings forth our salvation. In the flesh okay how about this one high priest every year the high priest would enter the holy of holies that inner sanctuary in the temple where the ark was placed where nobody could go except for only the high priest and only once a year on yom kippur he would first have to offer up an entire bull for himself for his own sins why because he's the high priest and what happened at the mount of sinai when aaron fashioned the the calf the bull for worship, uh, and for all of those rebellious Israelites? Well, God is saying to the high priest every year after that, you, high priest, must choose me over those false gods. So take that false god, that bull, and slaughter it before me as a sacrifice for your sins, Mr. High Priest." And so that's what the high priest was doing, sacrificing the bull for his own sins before he could go into the Holy of Holies and offer a sacrifice for the rest of God's people. But they were so scared because you had to be without sin to enter into the all holy, okay, into that, into God's presence. As Revelation 21 tells us, you have to be purified. Nothing unclean can enter it. And so the priest wore a rope around him so just in case he were to die, because he wasn't really uh, without sin, <laughs> nobody could go in and rescue his body, so they would tie a rope around him, so they could, they could haul him out of there just in case. And the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Sagan Hakohanin, the second high priest, was always on standby in case that happened, because he had to fulfill that, because it had to be fulfilled, that the sacrificial ritual. Well, if that holy of holies is that holy, how much more? Our Lady, who bears Jesus Christ to the world. Now, Mary is the Gibi-Ra. Now, you might not have heard of the Gibi-Ra, and I'll post a link to a great article from the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, the work of Dr. Hahn and others, on this uh, on the show notes for this episode. Mary's Assumption. Behold the man, Mary's Assumption, at catholichack.com. Now, the Gibi-Ra is the, the queen mother of the people of Israel. Now we see this for instance in 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 19 when Bathsheba was given a throne to sit upon she enters in the throne room after her son ascends to the throne her son Solomon and he bows to her and he orders that a throne be brought sat next to his right side where she comes and sits she becomes the queen mother of the people that tradition continued on to the exile all the kings had queen mothers, not queen wives, no, queen mothers. They were called the Ra. And if Bathsheba, who was with sin, in adultery, for instance, if she was the queen mother, how much more, Our Lady, how much more, the mother of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, whose son, Jesus Christ, is the new David, the one greater and more wise than Solomon, the true son of David, who brings the new Israel, has brought up his mother to sit at his right hand. You see what I'm saying? Mary fulfills all of these things. All right. But, of course, I hear you. what you're saying, Joe, but, you know, really, there's no biblical references for assumption anywhere in Scripture. It's really kind of a stretch. Really? How about Enoch in Genesis 5, 24? It says, quote, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him unquote. "sounds an awful lot like an assumption to me how, or how about elijah in second kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 it says quote, "in verse 11 it says quote, behold a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them and elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven" unquote. there's two references for two people who were not nearly as a perfection of the old testament types as mary is and both of them were assumed into heaven and yet somehow we're going to think it's a stretch to believe mary the mother of god the theotokos was assumed into heaven not by her own power but by god's i think there's there's plenty to go on here to a uh, to make the assumption that mary was <laughs> pardon the pun assumed into heaven okay so assumption might be possible, but where does Scripture show Mary as having been assumed? I mean, there is no verse anywhere in Scripture that says, quote, Mary was assumed into heaven. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. But we do find references to her being there. For instance, if we looked at the book of Revelation, at the very end of the uh, chapter of 11 of book of Revelation and the beginning of chapter 12, and by the way, when John wrote out his vision, there were no chapters, there were no verses, there was just one long stream of, of writing. It, that came the, the breaking up of chapters and verses came much later, okay? So when John wrote this, it was one solid work, and it would have read like this, quote, "...then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within the temple." And there were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Unquote. Wow. Now, if you're a first century Jew, all right, let's say you're living around the year 100, 30 years after the destruction of the temple, already... Okay, when Jesus was walking the earth in his earthly ministry, the temple, the Holy of Holies, did not have the ark in it. No, the ark was taken out before the exile, before uh, the, the temple was destroyed and the people were taken off into Babylon in exile. The ark was, was hidden in a cave and never found again. Okay, so when Jesus and the apostles were there in Jerusalem, uh, the ark was not in the Holy of Holies at that point. So if you're living in the first century, and you hear this this vision of St. John, your ears start to perk up, your heart starts to race, your chest is pounding, you know, because the sweat is coming down, you're getting nervous. What? Did you say the Ark? I mean, red flags, fireworks are going off all over the place, because as a first century Jew, you've been wanting, you've been waiting to see and to find the Ark of the Covenant. And yet, here it is. In heaven, in the temple of God, in heaven, there, it's described as a woman clothed with the sun, not clothed with her own glory, but clothed the glory of her son with the moon under her feet. She rules by night and her son rules by day creation imagery. How about the moon reflecting the rays of, of the sun? She does nothing more than reflect as the handmaid, the soul that magnifies the Lord. Okay, with a crown of 12 stars, she is the queen mother, the Ra, who sits at the right hand of the sun, the king, one wiser than Solomon, the Lord of lords and the king of kings. There, scripture is explicit. Well, how do we know that's Mary? I think that's really just an image of the of the... People of Israel, of the Church of Israel, just an Israel Israel uh, image there. Nothing more. Really? Go on to read the rest of Revelation 12. Let me ask you a question. Is the Son really Jesus? You're going to say yes. Is the devil really the serpent? Is the, is the serpent really the devil? You're going to say yes. So if we know those to be very specific persons, then how come the lady is not specifically Mary who bears Jesus? Because it is. So is she a type of the church? Yes. Is she a type of the new Israel? Absolutely. Is she also Mary specifically? 100% absolutely yes. So go ahead and study those more in depth. I think you're going to find them to be very powerful. Notice there also is no city who claims the the relics of Mary, our mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus. No, no city claims her relics. No city claims her bones. No city claims her, her tomb. There is nothing but silence in that regard and just like those in Matthew 27:52 and 53 that received the resurrection joy and glory of Jesus they the tombs were opened and they went into the city and many saw them go read it Matthew 27:52 and 53 our lady also enjoys in that like Bathsheba, who became the queen mother once her son ascended to the throne, so does Our Lady become the queen mother, mother to us all at the foot of the cross when her son ascended to his throne. Now she enjoys what all hope for in Christ, that day we will all be resurrected. Only she enjoyed it first because she is the queen mother. And she was without stain of sin held spotless until the end of her days when she also went through the pain of death and then was assumed body and soul into heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 27. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Our Lady has enjoyed the resurrection of her son, our Savior, and hers, Jesus Christ. And so someday, shall we all hope to enjoy that same thing. Until next time, I'm praying for you. So please pray for me. God bless you.
1: From the Catholic Underground.